Okay, so open up your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to, uh, this is part one, next week is part two, you don't want to miss either one of them. So, this is a, it's a, it's an exercise that we need to learn and get better at day by day. Um, I'm going to tell you something you might want to write down, I'll say it a few times uh, during this teaching, and it's, it's out of a, a book that we read as a church uh, a couple years ago. It's called The Traveler's Gift. And uh, in one of the chapters, I really encourage you to read that book. It's an amazing book. Uh, we had our youth uh, read it as well. And if you've never read it, again, Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. Just a phenomenal book. Easy read. Uh, and it is fiction, but it, uh, but the principles uh, that are in that book are, are incredibly powerful and straight out of the Bible. So, uh, one of the lines that, that are in that book, it, and it's what I'll be using today, it's, it says, Forgiveness, when granted to others, becomes a gift to myself. Forgiveness, when granted to others, becomes a gift to myself. And I'm sure many of you have heard of, uh, you know, many different analogies about forgiveness. And, you know, like, forgiveness is, uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and, you know, expecting the, the person who hurt you to drop dead, right? And, and obviously that doesn't happen. Forgiveness is, is a gift to us, you know? Yes, you release the person, but a lot of times we think that because we forgive someone, it means we have to be best buddies again. And that's not always the case. Sometimes there is restoration and different levels of restoration, but many times I feel like we, we hold on to unforgiveness because we feel that if we forgive, then, then we have to restore or, or have the same relationship that we did before. Or we also feel that if we forgive sometimes that we're, uh, that we're um, uh, agreeing with their behavior or what they're doing and saying that that's okay. And then it's not, it's, it's not true. All of those things are lies from the enemy that want to keep us bound by unforgiveness and what that does to our heart, which is it keeps a very unhealthy and toxic heart and it doesn't allow us to move forward. And there's so many things that unforgiveness affects that we don't even know. So today I want to talk about some of those things and, um, and kind of set the, the scenario for us to forgive others, forgive ourselves. And then next week we're going to talk about the, the other side of it. Because many times people forgive and they still have this yucky feeling about the person, the place, or the situation that almost like never goes away. And I want to tell you that it's not supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be fully restored and whole to the point where uh, the event, the person, or the situation, when you think about it, it no longer causes uh, pain or bitterness in you, uh, but you're actually healed from it. So <clears throat> so if, uh, if you open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to go to verse 38 in, in just a moment. Uh, so remember this, forgiveness when granted to others is a gift, becomes a gift to myself. Um, in the Old Testament, you don't hear a lot about forgiveness. Have you ever thought about that? You know, there was something in Exodus chapter 22, and it was actually called the law of restitution. Any of you know what that is? It's eye for an eye. <laughs> you know, it actually talks about like, you know, I'll paraphrase this and probably butcher it, but you know, it's like, if somebody kicks your donkey, you can kick their chicken, you know. Like, and so there was a bunch of uh, laws and a bunch of things, you know, like, like a civil type of law that, that determined, like, if this happens, then this happens. And then if he does this, then you can do that. But it was more of a law of restitution. There's, there's actually not a lot of forgiveness 
in the Old Testament. There's not a lot of talk about that. So when Jesus comes, um, you guys know I've been we've been teaching about Jesus uh, a lot, you know, and how he came to do things different, right? If you see this shirt, you see that all these fish are going this way, but the the green ones are actually going against the current, right? It's from the the Chosen. I love the series. If you have not seen the Chosen, you need to support that and watch it and binge on that. Binge on Jesus. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, and we're just praying for the rest of those to come out. But anyways, uh, so there was no forgiveness talk in the Old Testament. It was more of restitution and, and things of that nature. It was uh, all about payback, right? But when Jesus came, he starts doing things how? Different. Right? Everything starts looking different to everybody, right? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, like... You know, there's all this division because of the religious traditions of man. And Jesus comes in and he's like rocking the boat, right? He's healing people on the Sabbath. He's spitting on people's eyes, making mud, giving people wet willies and doing miracles. And you're like, what is happening? And people are just like, oh, I can't believe blasphemy. But there's a miracle. Oh, he must be of the devil, right? And he's just like, no, it doesn't work that way. It has divided against itself, cannot prosper, you know. And so like at every turn, the religious are just you know, getting super frustrated, right? And Jesus is just showing us this is how all of us are going to be able to do life when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and submitted to God. And he leaves and he says, greater things than these you're going to do. So that's why we, we can't count on religion. We can only count on a personal relationship with Jesus, right, to lead us day by day. He wants to do life with us. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38... It says, you have heard it said, you have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist, resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also, right? So Jesus is like completely different stuff. He's like, this is what you've heard. This is what you've been taught. But here's what I'm going to tell you. And he, he did a lot of these things, right? You heard this, but I say this. You heard that, but I say this. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, right? Um, just a chapter ahead. And verse 9, we're going to read verse 9 through 14. And it says, sorry, I have Spanish. I was about to start reading Spanish. Vosotros pues orareis, but you won't understand anything. It says, um, this is then how you should pray, okay? So Jesus teaching us how to pray. Our, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in, as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and watch. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. You know, it's interesting. He's teaching us how to pray, but embedded in this prayer, there is a... Um, it's, it's interesting how he said it. You know, it's like telling your child, um, hey, I'm going to go buy you a candy, right, as soon as you clean your room. You know, it's not like, if you clean your room, I'll take you buy a candy. It's, it's like, hey, let's go buy a candy, and as soon as you clean your room, you know, we'll, we're going to do that. It, 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 there's a different way that Jesus is saying this. He's saying... You know, and he's, he's teaching him, this is how you're going to pray. Forgive us our debts. Oh, yeah, yeah, forgive us our debts. As we also forgive our debtors. See, it's like the good part and then the oh part. 
And Jesus starts introducing forgiveness, right, other than law of restitution, which is what they all knew and what they had all heard passed down, you know, through the years of being under the law as a nation, right? So then it says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. You know, like he's almost taking into assumption that you've already forgiven your debtors. If you're asking for forgiveness, you must have forgiven also. <laughs> right? And this is how he's teaching us to pray. And then it goes into verse 13. Leave us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 14. For if you forgive men when they sin against you. Has anybody ever sinned against you? Raise your hand. Anybody ever sinned against you? Like they just totally missed the mark on what they should have said, done, how they should have treated you. Right? Just completely missed it. Right? And what, when men, uh, if, you, for, if you forgive men when they have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Okay, but then you go on to verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. I'm so glad that this was just so plainly written in the Bible that I just have to read it. There's no way you can interpret this the wrong way. To whom much grace has been given, right? Much is expected from. And how much was forgiven to you? 100%. Right? If you want to start counting, you know, how many things have been forgiven. No, let's just say, let's go in percentages. 100%. Has anybody been forgiven a different percentage? Nope. 100%. You're forgiven 100% of all your sins, everything you've missed, right? Everything you will miss. Past, present, and future has been paid for, right? So it's covered 100%. So it's not more or less than the person next to you. It's not more or less than the worst criminal. It's not more or less than Barabbas. It's not more or less than any of the thieves that were on the cross next to Jesus. It's not more or less than anybody else. It's the same. It's 100% that's been forgiven to you. Therefore, he has the right to say this stuff. Because he's forgiven all. To all. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. How is it that sometimes we think it's an option? I'm saying this with a lot of love. How is it that sometimes we think it's an option to withhold forgiveness from somebody? It's not. Do you need a laugh break? You can take a laugh break. <laughs> no, that's what Steve Backlund would do right now, right? So, if this is pretty straight up, pretty straightforward, but it's pretty real. So I know many of you are probably starting to take an inventory of your heart right now, right? Like, ooh, ooh, okay, okay, I got to deal with that, okay. Okay, I'm not holding on to that one anymore, right? And sometimes we feel like we have this right to just hold forgiveness, but, but Jesus is clearly telling us, no, you don't. Go with me to Matthew uh, 18. So let's go a few chapters ahead. Matthew chapter 18 in verse uh, 21. 
Because remember, this is new, and I'm reading, to, I'm reading this to you in chronological order, okay? Um, so Jesus is talking about forgiveness in a way that nobody's ever talked about forgiveness before. All they knew was restitution. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, yeah, you know, this is how you're going to pray. Father, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven also our debtors, right? And then if you do not forgive your sins, then your Father in heaven won't forgive you. So some of the disciples are probably having an internal conflict going on here is like thinking, okay, this forgiveness stuff, I mean, this is, this is new. We've never heard that. I think I like the tooth for a tooth better thing, you know? Um, uh, so we go to Matthew 18 and verse 21, and it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, <laughs> probably everybody's like, all right, who's going to ask him? Like if Peter, it's going to be you, you know? You, you have the biggest mouth and you're the boldest and, and you know, you won't ruin your reputation because it's already how it is. So, so Peter goes, right, and, and he's like, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven? Right? Can you imagine that? He's like, I want to know what's the, like, give me some clarity on this, okay? Because, I mean, some of these guys have already, you know, reached their limit in this day, right? So, Jesus answers, I tell you, not seven times. And Jesus, Peter's probably like, whew, great. You know, I went higher so he could go lower, you know, <laughs> kind of negotiating. And Jesus says, no, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, or seven times 70, you know. And it's like, what? That's a lot. That's a lot, you know. That's way more than he thought, you know. And now some people, like, actually do the math and they think, okay, you know, and they have a tally, a picture of somebody with, like, there's another one, there's another one, that's five more, you know. And, and it's not that, you know. Jesus was using this as, as, a, as a way to tell them there's no number. There's no, it's just always, you know, it's, it's all of it. Because, like, you've been forgiven all of it, you also need to forgive all. And so then it goes, uh, and we're going to read a little bit uh, more of this, because if you thought... You know, in Matthew 6, it was straight up. This is even more. So it says in verse um, 23, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Okay, so he's giving us a deeper insight into forgiveness. It says, As he began to, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents, which is about $106 uh, million, okay, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Now say, that's ugly. That's, that's worse than the repo man right there, okay? says, so the servant fell on his knees before him and said, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a hundred denarii is about $197, okay? Now, that's the exchange based on when I wrote this down, which was a lot of years ago. So, don't get picky with this stuff, okay? <laughs> he grabbed him and began to choke him and say, pay back what you owe me. Are you guys following this? So, this guy was forgiven $106 million, and then... After he's forgiven, he goes and finds someone that owes him $197 and starts choking him to tell him, pay me back. He demanded, 
Pay back what you owe me. Verse 29. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him and said, be patient with me. Right? Same thing that he did. It says, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in and said, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And then it says, verse 35, in case you didn't know, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Say with me, God takes forgiveness real serious. We can't ignore it. See, when you, when you hold on to stuff and then you pretend everything is okay, you're just, you're just you know, having, um, what do we call it? Un, uh, sweeping it under the rug. Just having like undealt pain. You know, you're, you're having unresolved uh, things just put in your heart. And those things don't go away. Those things start um, growing weeds and harmful things in your heart. And the Bible says that out of the heart flow all the issues of life. So you wonder why sometimes people are really, well, how can we say this nicely, um, messed up? You know, it's because a lot of times they, they have years of unresolved issues and unforgiveness that have stayed in their heart. They pretend everything's okay. But the problem is just, it will start coming out. And it will come out and it will show up in ways you didn't even think they could show up. And it will ruin and sabotage relationships, people, your relationship with God. Uh, I'm telling you, prosperity, anything that you can think of, it will affect you. So God is clearly telling us in the Bible, he's serious about this forgiveness stuff. Why? Because he's the master that forgave us $106 million that we could have never, ever paid back. And we are the petty ones that sometimes are holding, you know, unforgiveness for a couple dollars against people. And you're like, well, it wasn't a couple dollars. Let me tell you, it was years, years of abuse, years of this or that. Yes, but compared to what you were forgiven, it's still only $197 compared to $106 million. Because the moment we think, no, 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 I'm not that bad, then we start walking in on our own righteousness, and that's called self-righteousness. To think I'm not that bad because we start measuring ourselves, right? We start going, well, I'm not that bad. They're really bad, you know. So since I've been forgiven, then I can forgive them half only and I'm so good. No. We can't do that. And if we don't deal with it, it will come bite us. It will come harm us. So... You know, it says in verse 34, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And I'm not going to go deeply into this because we're running out of time. But when you hold unforgiveness, when you withhold forgiveness from someone, you put yourself in a prison. And you're the one being tortured. God doesn't torture you. God is telling you, this is what it is like when you don't forgive people. You put yourself in jail, and you start suffering because of your own 
decision to not forgive somebody. I mean, isn't that true? Well, you ha haven't you felt that before? Like, you're holding on to it, but you're suffering. It's like torture. And I'm sure many of you have also experienced the decision to forgive someone, right? And what does that feel like? <sighs> like freedom. Like a weight lifted off your shoulders. And what happened? Sometimes that person isn't even alive. Many times that person didn't even ask for forgiveness. But what happened was in your heart, and it was a decision that you made that had an effect on your heart. Why? You were let off the prison. You opened the prison doors and you walked out into freedom. And you experienced freedom that was there, available for you the whole time. Because the higher standard is not just to forgive, it's actually to not take offense. See, if you get shot, you know, now you need surgery. You need somebody to pull the bullet out. You need to heal. That's, that's you know, when somebody hurts you, offends you, and you go through that process. But the Bible says, like, put on a bulletproof vest and don't take any offense. No matter how people shoot at you, it's okay. You're bulletproof. With Jesus, you're bulletproof. That's the higher standard. That's where we want to live. But you don't know how bad it was. You know, uh, at some point, those things become irrelevant. Because it's, it's a decision you have to make. It's not something you have to feel. It doesn't depend on whether they ask forgiveness or not. It doesn't depend whether how nicely they ask or, you know, if they've stopped doing those things to people. Well, when they stop doing those things to people, I'll forgive them. Who do you think you are? You're amazing, but you're not Jesus. You're amazing, but you're not God. You're a son of God, right? Okay, and let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. I want to show you one more thing, and then we're going to uh, close. And this, again, I want to reiterate, this is in chronological order. Uh, Mark 11 happened after uh, Matthew 18. Are you getting something out of this today? Next week's going to be better. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty three. Now, you're going like, wait, I know that, that, that rings a bell. That's the faith scripture, right? Well, check this out. Because I told you, unforgiveness affects every area of our life. And so, Mark 11, uh, and we're going to start in verse 23, says, hmm. Where's verse 23? Okay, it says, I tell you the truth. Jesus says this, okay? I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Awesome, right? I learned that scripture years ago. I started moving mountains a long time ago. I, I love this. is so powerful. Like Jesus is saying this, right? And it means like you can do anything you believe. Pray, don't doubt. Like, it says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That's an amazing promise of God. Like, it makes us, like, it takes the limits off, right? It takes the limits off of anything that God has put in your heart to believe for and to do. Like, right here, Jesus is saying, like, just pray and believe. And when you pray, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. But let's not stop there, because check out verse 25. 
Like, where did this come from? Like, what, Jesus, why do you always have to be bringing this stuff up? You know, like this was awesome. I was ready to go move mountains. And then verse 25 says, and when you stand praying right there, when you're praying for that mountain to be moved and you're believing in your heart that what you say will be done, right? It says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, because how many of you know that uh, just because you forgive people today or last year or some time ago, how many of you know that you will have another opportunity to forgive people tomorrow? Or in about an hour. For little things and for big things. Right? We're going to have so many opportunities. So Jesus is saying, hey, this is the way you cultivate your heart. So it's a healthy garden, clean of weeds. When you pray, by the way, when you're there asking for the world, which we want to give you, which is yours, because all the promises are yes and amen, says when you're there and you're praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Again, he's saying this stuff. You know, I was thinking about this because um, God has given me some amazing friends and, and people that I know in my life that really are moving mountains. Like, they're just like, I'm like, what? I love what God is doing. It's amazing. Like, that's crazy, right? Like, amazing thing. Prosperity and, and miracles. And, and they're just, they're world changers, right? And I, when I think about a characteristic that all of them have, is they, they have such a pure heart, and they hold nothing against anyone. And so many people offend them. So many people say things about them, and they only have good things to say in return. Good things to say in return. And it's one of the things that I'm, I admire most about people is when, when they've been through painful and difficult situations, but yet, you know, no ill comes out of their mouth. And you realize, wow, they did that to them, but they're really whole. And our friend uh, Zach, he's a the youth pastor in Sedona that was uh, with us yesterday. He was telling this story. And, and when you hear him tell his testimony and his story, you go, nobody could say the things he's saying unless they are new creation in Christ Jesus because he's laughing when he's saying them. And he's also allowing us to laugh, you know, about things that you go, people should not be laughing about that stuff. Why? Because he's been restored. He's whole and there's no more pain about that situation. And when there's no more pain, you can share that thing freely, right? And so Jesus is saying again, it's like, hey, by the way, when you're praying there, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. You know, and he says this several times is in different situations when you're going to uh, take communion or we're going to bring an offering. You know, it's like, hey, if you have anything against your brother, leave your offering right there, go get right, and then come back. Because it's a constant check of our heart. Just like we consistently want to sow good seeds into our heart, we consistently want to keep our heart in check. That we're not stuffing things in there that are going to get rotten and cause a mess. Thanks, babe. <laughs> so, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to forgive because you came to church. And when you go to church, if you have something against someone, <laughs> hold it right there. And forgive, you know. It says, if you hold something against someone, you know, that's why it feels so good when you forgive because you, you're not holding anymore. 
you're letting it go. You know, so I want you to just close your eyes this morning. I want to pray, and I want to lead you in, into, uh, into making this decision because, remember, forgiveness is a decision, right? And it's like, Pastor, but you preached that, like, last year. Yep. I'm reminding you again today. It's like Jesus reminded them all, all the time. Because this is what keeps our hearts healthy. So, Jesus, thank you that you forgave us everything. Thank you that you hold nothing against us. That the blood of Jesus settled it. Thank you. Thank you. So this morning, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to search our heart and that you would show us who do we need to forgive. See, one of the amazing things about Sozo is that when you're stuck and you really just can't get over something, that's, that's what we do. We pray with you so that you can forgive people and you get set free. You know, so this morning, I just, I just want to give you that opportunity too. Who do you need to forgive? You don't need to go tell them anything. They don't need to come ask you for forgiveness. You, you know, maybe it's a very small thing. Maybe it's a very big thing. Maybe. But let me tell you, it starts with a decision. So don't worry about what, what, what are you going to feel like or what do you have to do afterwards. Just, you just make the decision in your heart, okay? And so the first one is this. You choose to forgive this person. And I want you to see, like, when you, when you do this, you're going to let him go. See, when you don't forgive someone, they're, like, chained to you, like, like with, you know, heavy chains, like jail chains. They're chained to you. But when you forgive them, you cut those chains and, and you're free from them. And that's the beginning of the process. And next week we're going to talk about the healing process. The supernaturally fast process of healing of the heart. But it starts first with this decision to forgive. So right now, you know, if you have somebody to forgive, stand to your feet with me. And we're going to pray, and then you're going to call them out by name, okay? Unless they're right next to you, do it real quietly. <laughs> you know, maybe several people, you know. You say, so we're going to pray and say, I, I forgive you, Dad. I forgive you, Mom. I forgive you, so-and-so, for hurting me, for abusing me, for cheating me, for saying... These things, what, whatever that is, okay? You're just gonna, you're gonna say it. You don't have to shout it out loud. You know, you can whisper it on your breath. It's fine, okay? But, but that's what we're gonna do. And you're gonna release them, okay? So, Father God, we thank you that you reveal all things to us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning that you're bringing to our remembrance the people you, you know we need to forgive. And so this morning, I said, I forgive you. Say with me, I forgive you. And then just, what's their name? I forgive you, mom. I forgive you, dad. I forgive you, brother. I forgive you, sister. I forgive you, my boss. I forgive you, my old pastor or my current pastor. I forgive you. Uh, you know, just call them out by name. You know, if it's several people, just say, I, I choose today to forgive you. Come on. Come on. Say it, say it out loud. I choose today to forgive you. And say, and I uh, give back to you everything that belongs to you. And I take back everything that belongs to me, that I may be whole again. 
I set you free. And I choose to no longer hold unforgiveness against you. Grace was given to me. And from that same grace, I forgive you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for everybody, everybody that has chosen to forgive today. We know that you take this seriously because you gave your son to forgive all humanity. And we thank you for that, God. Us forgiving people will never equal to what you have forgiven us. And so we thank you for that. And we thank you today healing is taking place in our hearts. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're healing people, that you're restoring people, that right now people are being set free from those chains that bound them to the people that hurt them. I thank you, Father, that there, uh, that pain has no more hold on us. I thank you that that pain and, does, uh, and the offense has no more hold on us. We are free in the name of Jesus. Say, I am free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I know that, um, you know, this is a, a step of victory. And, uh, and the feel, there's, there's a feeling that comes in right now, you know, of freedom, of freedom. And I want you to just see yourself like you just walked out of a jail. You just walked out of a jail. And sometimes when you walk out of the jail, you're still limping a little bit because you've been there for a while, you know. And, and that's when people sometimes question whether they forgive or not. But next week, we're going to talk about how we're going to get our hearts healed supernaturally. It's a one-step program. It doesn't have to be a 40-year in the desert. You like that? God is so good. Give Jesus praise. Coming up, James. James.